Aaron here with a very important message. The views and opinions expressed in this show are solely those of the hosts and do not reflect the official policy or position of the host employers. Any content provided by our hosts is their opinion and is not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, entity, individual, or anyone or anything. Thank you and enjoy the show. See you around, round Charlie Robinson's hometown. Rest in peace, brother. Rest in peace. I, I didn't want to ad lib anything to that. That's a classic tale of angstiness in one's hometown, and I couldn't. I mean, I could fuck that up. Anything I'd try to do with it. It's a. It's a. Not many guys get to write a damn near perfect song, and that guy did. He wrote. So. He wrote a bunch of. He wrote a bunch of bangers. Just, Absolutely. Yeah. I had read an interesting article, like, when he died, this guy, like, for like, hey, I did this article juxtapositioning uh, my hometown and 17 crossing and ragweeds. Oh, that's interesting. I just talk, yeah, it was, it was really, it was a Thomas Mooney. Yeah. Like, like Tom Mooney, wrote, like Tom Mooney's cup of coffee playlist. Yes. Tom Mooney. Exactly. So that guy, he had, like, kind of interviewed. I think what he got from those guys wasn't that insightful, but I just really enjoyed the the thought experiment of, hey, these songs came out roughly around the same time and had a huge influence on everyone who's come out since then. And they're both, I mean, it's hard to write a better angsty hometown, you know, small town, certainly small town angsty anthem than those two. Uh, yeah, 17... 17's my, more angsty, I would say, hometown. but even my hometown, like, it's like, I, I mean, just the, just the trials, Ooh. tribulations, the, the fuck ups, the, what about, yeah, fucking, I'm um, going back. Like, I just, as I get older, like that one just sinks in and you really marinate with that one. Yeah. Those, those two are solid. Um, I don't even know if it's a close third place, but third place for me would probably be Brandon Ryder's Backroads. Yeah. It's a solid song too. Um, that one, because that's all about, I left home at 19, swore I was never going back, and times like this, I wish that's where I was at. It's like all about the... Um, yeah. And the, now, it's not angsty, but Wade Bowen's God Bless This Town. Like, it's super upbeat, but the lyrics-wise, it's it's got that, like, fuck my yeah, hometown kind of it's feel him it. say, it's saying, like, hey, this whole idolized thing about small towns, like, I mean, it, they've got their shit. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, Charlie Robinson, massive talent. Um, so young. Uh, yeah. He was 58, is that right? 58, 59, yeah. But, I mean, he lived a life, that's for sure. Because Bruce isn't, Bruce is younger, but not much. Yeah, Bruce is 57. Um, Charlie's like yeah. 58, 59. Wow. Yeah, he's like 58, 59, and uh, he, you know, he was a legacy behind him, and uh, pretty... Yeah, I've been. Hats off. I, have I been, wanted to make sure that like the podcast that came back on, I touched on like, hey, this guy was fucking great. Yeah, the. Uh, it's weird because we're soon, in our lifetime, 
we are going to see the rise of like the resurgence of Texas country. Um, and then we're going to see all these people die out from underneath us. We're going to, we're going to see a lot of people die. So, <laughs> you know, we're going to lose Ray Wiley Hubbard's not long for this world. He's, he's probably got another 15 or 20 years left. Hopefully. Um, Willie Nelson's got, Willie's got maybe either, <laughs> either one year or 20. Uh, who knows? Um, and then, I mean, just resurgence wise, Chris Christopherson's. Well, I guess he's not necessarily. Well, he's Texas se- country, he's but. selling all his shit though. Uh, he's selling everything out in California already. There was an article about that. Uh, oh, wow! But I mean, you know, Pat Green and Roger Crager and Robert Earl Keane and Roger Earl Keane essentially Corey he's Morrow semi-retired. Well, these people they're still gonna die. Uh, Corey Morrow, Randy Rogers. Um, you know, Wade and Jason Boland and Stoney and Cody Canada and all these people. Yeah, I mean, we we got a while for some of those guys, but then other ones, like, it could happen. Stoney goes before anybody else. I was thinking it. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking it, man. I was like, I mean, that guy could just, uh, who knows? He got jammed up with that. I mean, I say jammed up. He, he domestic or something. He rightfully like that. got a domestic violence charge, and man, that guy was playing anywhere that pay him for a yeah, long time. Yeah, he was. Time. He was like downtown Round Rock every Friday for a very long yeah. time. He was there or Wild West and Cedar Park. Yeah, he was like the house <laughs> band when he wasn't doing open mic at. Um, Oh God! What's the what's the place in San Marcos by the railroad tracks? Um, uh, Cheatham. Cheatham Street. Yeah. <laughs> if he's yeah. not doing open mic at Cheatham Street, he was in Round Rock. Oh man. Oh, just nuts. But yeah, I don't know. So Charlie Robinson, rest in peace, brother. Mm. Thanks for it. Well, that's a good intro. Probably he probably has the best song. That involves transvestites in the red dirt scene. <laughs> Fucking uh, New Year's Day. <laughs> yeah, and and he's the one who, I mean, and I feel like he used them in a very respectful manner. Life of the party. The life of the party is just great a, song. Like a classic. How many tongue in cheek ways can I say dick or ass or fuck? The entire song is a double entendre. Yeah, killer. Well, pour some out for our homie Charlie. Charlie yeah, Robinson. so that's a good intro, which I think you're about to say yeah. to our music-heavy episode that we're going into. Because other than rehashing my cruise, I got nothing. No, it's a Cody and James special, if you can't tell. And what do we do best? We talk shit about music. Yep. This is part one of a two-part episode. We don't know when part two is going to come out, but part one, right here, we got 22 songs for you. Talking about. Covers that shouldn't exist, period, ever. Just shouldn't have happened. Shouldn't have happened. For one reason or the other, and, we're, and w- there are a multitude of reasons that these things should not exist, and they're not all the same. Not every reason. Yeah. Like, not one song is the same as the other is why it shouldn't exist. Um, and you you got a couple I have uh, and you've, beef with. You've got one. And other ones, I'm like, okay. You have, you have like, two that I'm going, eh. Eh, it's not that bad. Um, but these are gonna be these are gonna be major, major songs. We're not doing any of the the local Texas country stuff because those guys swap songs <laughs> like Epstein <laughs> swaps yeah. underage children. Um, it's just you can't keep up with it. 
I don't even want to touch the abysmal covers that spurred this whole conversation. <laughs> like those covers were so bad that they don't warrant us acknowledge they exist. Yeah. Uh, and then I, I mean, be, even though Aaron's not here, also they I have don't some matter. Ex- they don't matter. No one else is going to hear this shit. But like, like a couple people who somehow are really into Josh Abbott band. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, but I mean, if there's how many how many different people did you know? I mean, if in the early two thousands thousands, if Cross Canadian did a song, then Jason Boland oh. did the song too. And there was a chance yeah. that Randy Rogers did it as well. And there was a chance that Wade one of the Bowie bigger guys it. might do his song once. And, and, you know, yeah. And then you have a whole album by Pat Green called Songs We Wish We Had Written. Um, yeah, him and Corey Morrow put out two of those. Yeah. So there's, yeah. Uh, and then who's it? And the thing, the thing about a cover is sometimes hearing that cover leads you to more and better i know for a fact that i heard some covers of songs like and then i realized like like you know either that day or later on just like oh they didn't do that yeah someone else did i should go check that out and like sometimes it can be a gateway drug it's basically marijuana which will kill us all right yeah perfect yeah Um, i mean covers can be a gateway drug to finding really good music and sometimes covers can be in the wrong hands, so I'm not just saying the singer. Yeah. In the wrong hands of a listener, it can be like, oh, whoa, he's singing this song. This his song, right? Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, <laughs> it could be this mongoloid thing. Where is the? We're not touching it, but "Cover Me Up" does come to mind with that. Yeah, that one. That's one of those. But there, there's reasons come to mind. There's like reasons I left that off because not a whole lot of people know who Jason Isbell is, so I kind of let that one go. Well, it was funny because I was telling Brittany at, I was making dinner, and I was like, "Yeah, it was her uh, our topic tonight." It's like, "Oh, you guys going to talk about uh, Morgan Whalen or Wallen doing cover Wallen. me up?" Yeah, I'm like, "Uh, you know what? We didn't. It did somehow. It, it did not come up. I can't believe but, that. no. That one rattled around in my head for quite a while. Even in conversation, it hadn't came up. Yeah, I was like, "No, that one rattled around but, in my head for a while. I played with that one, and I just couldn't justify it because it's not that bad of a he, cover." Does a good job. Yes, yes, he does. Do a good I job. believe that it's Jason Isbell's song based on his actual history and yeah. his relationship with his wife? Hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. But I, you know, end of the day, I, if someone's going to do it, let it be that guy who did a good job and has put a lot of money in Jason Isbell's pocket. You know, what? I'm going to move, Cody. I'm going to move <laughs> some songs around That's- real quick. I'm gonna move number, that I'm gonna song. Move. Probably funded three albums of Jason Isbell's putting out whatever he wanted good, to put out. Good. Uh, as we're speaking, I'm moving number one all the way to the end because I think that's probably the most atrocious cover out of all of them. Um, so it, it really is the worst one. <laughs> yeah. Um, agreed. So you may yeah, have that's, to close that's out co- the play. That's coming. That's coming from someone who really hates Rascal Flats. Oh no no no! no. <laughs> that, oh yeah. yeah. Uh, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, like, yeah, I got that you. That one is so bad. I got you. So you may have to close your playlist and open it back up, but... No, no. It Actually, I watched it happen in real time. That was weird. Oh, perfect. All right. Uh, like I looked down, and I could see it shift. Yeah, perfect. Uh, do you <laughs> want to start us off? Yeah. Um, well, let's... Hair more intro. So today we're covering... Hair more intro, yes. Covers that shouldn't exist and the originals. Yeah, so we're going to kick off with that. The first song... So we'll introduce the song... And then 
for those out there who may not know the difference, we'll explain who did it and who didn't who didn't do it first. And some of these we actually get wrong as I Wikipedia things today, so it'll be fun. Uh, Buckle up. Which ones did you get wrong? Because I'm pretty sure I went through and reorganized them uh, how they went. I w- turns out I want candy is actually a very old song, not done first by Bow Wow. Oh, I did that one wrong. Or Bow Wow Bow Wow Wow. wow. But to your, to, I didn't know that either. I was like, I was just curious about. It. I'm like, it's like, I'm like, what is this? <laughs> like I was reading about it and like, oh, this was. First done the strange as a proto garage rock band in the '60s with a Bo Diddley beat. I'm like, huh. So this is the so sh- I, this is the strange. So I went, so I went and listened to the 1960s version of Bow Wow Wow's 1980s version of I Want Candy. Doesn't matter because I'm fixing it now. I want candy. All right, go ahead. No, no, no. But well, I I recognize the their version as sort of the seminal version. Like I don't think. You could ask my grandpa, okay. like, hey, do you know that song, I Want Candy? He'd be like, no, sounds gay. Okay. Because well, he's, right. he's 75. Sounds about right. Okay, so it's we're going to... We'll, okay. his voice, not mine. We will... Uh, okay, we will... Uh, what do you call that? It leaves. But, man, you really found some treasures, <laughs> so let's, let's do this. So you start off with yours. Uh, I guess the rules here are going to be the song... Um, Who's doing? Just go from the top. Yeah, who's doing yeah. the cover? Who did the oh, original? Okay, you did that. Yeah, who you. did the original? Um, and then why is it on your list? Because it it, uh, it somehow it worked out perfectly that you put up eleven songs and I put up eleven songs. Um, oh, that's, and so it actually that's it alternates. Beautiful. Like if you look, it alternates. So you have the first one, then me. Like it's we get every other song. It worked out perfect. Yeah, and some of these we're gonna have synergy on. Some of these we'll have some like levels of disagreement for the most part i think this list is yeah solid yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah. this is so my first pick in this draft was the sounds of silence by disturbed now a lot of middle you know originally done by simon and garfunkel yeah, originally done, Simon Garfunkel, made famous in Mrs. Robinson, the movie with Dustin Hoffman and whoever the fuck else. Like, it's him floating in the bottom of the pool. It's been, you know, it's been a trope in many, like, comedy movies making fun of it. It's just a moment of someone's despair. They're just doing a little cannonball in a pool, and that song plays. Are you frozen or am I frozen? No, I'm not frozen. There you are. God, this sucks. <laughs> it's all right. Okay, so, you know, it's a classic song, been around since the 60s. Uh, it's uh, just the what you listen to the original and you like, okay, I really do feel the loneliness involved in this song. Like, I can feel loneliness, which is what the uh, Simon and Garfunkel are trying to send out there. Uh, flash to whenever the fuck, uh, Disturbed made you know the the uh famous singers of down with a sickness and i guess that's it right no they have a fuck ton of i mean like the land of 10,000 uh, land 10,000 fists they covered um oh what, what the fucking songs Phil, that what Phil people Collin. would know besides you yeah no a, a, a ton um they have a phil collins cover um i yeah i actually heard that after i saw that after you recommended something else anyhow so this version uh, they did land of confusion Confusion. This song gets touted out there like, oh my god, 
rock music is saved. Listen to this. And I'm like, this sucks. This is just butt rock singing <laughs> of a folk song. <laughs> and that's going to be kind of my argument for a lot of these, a lot oh, of these covers really? that got famous. I went like I mean, analysis on some of this stuff about why. Some it. of this I do have a lot more to offer, but in this case, like what I expect to the loneliness, just all that, like those feelings that the original brings about. And I just don't get it with uh disturbs version of sound of silence. What say you? So I went back and I, cause I know both of them, right? I, I know the sound of silence by disturb cause it's on the radio stations I listen to. Um, and of course I know the sound of silence by Simon Garfunkel. Um, and in my mind, the Simon and Garfunkel is a slow, like melodic, and it kind of matches the tone. So I go back and I listen to yeah. Disturbed's version of it. Um, they do a great job with the orchestra behind it. I have an issue with David Draymond's voice because it's kind of when he gets to the super high stuff, he's got the voice that I know as his sound. Um, but when he's being a little more melodic, it it uh, I don't know. It it's not bad. Like he's got a good voice. It's just not what I think of when I think of Disturbed. So now I have this picture of it, and I go back to the Simon and Garfunkel. And if you listen to the guitar. It is not a, it is not like a slow meandering song. The guitar has some pace to it. There is a, like it has. It a picks flow. up as it goes. Yeah, it has yeah. a flow. Um, and for me, I I don't, I don't think this is the worst cover of all times. I have an issue. Not all time. I have an issue I should, with. I just personally don't believe it should exist. I have an issue with how they did it. Um. I appreciate that they did like the the met, the hard rock ballad um, because that you know each generally each hard rock song or band and a lot of metal bands have like a ballad song like this on it a power ballad. Well, that is a tale as old as time. That's I what wish, sold albums in the eighties. Well, I wish what for me makes it a bad cover is I want a little more disturbed in it and at the the final chorus I just want it to be heavy like i want that full hard rock sound in you it. you wanted to go into a breakdown no i just want them to not, well I not want, break, I want breakdown's them to, not the right word yeah. i think i understand you're saying i want like them eventually to it's, it. i want you dis- want him to display his chops like oh wow this guy has got a voice that can do this i did not know that and then it go into what they are i want a little right? i want a little more disturbed to it right um, okay that's fair so that's my only and qualm with it i kind of agree with that is I, I do think i think i agree with that it's because i'm not here to tell you it's a they do a bad job they do a good job i don't think it should exist because it just doesn't give me the same feelings as the original and now that you're speaking like yeah like they could have owned their version more yeah and we're gonna there's several of these uh when i talk about it i'm gonna I'm going to say that it's derivative um, and, and like this is derivative. It's just an alternate version of it. Um, it's adds not, nothing, adds nothing new. Yeah. It's derivative. Uh, yeah. That's fair. Okay. Yeah. So I think like, we don't have to dig in that one too much. Like yeah. I think probably just my included it is just, I saw just a bunch of like old whites, but like this is rock music carrying the torch. I'm like, I guess. Yeah. No, I mean, as we're talking about this, like, my dad's already texting me, going, "You're a fucking idiot." Um, like, I guarantee it. I can almost, I can almost see him typing, going, "You're wrong." Before we've even finished talking about it, and he's gonna hit send, and then he's gonna get to this point and went, "Oh, he he predicted the future." 
Yeah, no, some of these songs are not terrible. No, I'm I just, just gonna, I'm, I, I'm I, I to, some of them are very terrible. I'm just gonna, I'm about to shit all that over bands that he loves, <laughs> or yeah. he he appreciates and respects and thinks the songs are good. Listen, if I could have thought of a song. Nickelback cover, I would have added it. Oh, he so did, my dad could be mad. He did. Uh, uh, I almost did it, but I actually think it's a good cover uh, when they did uh, Elton John's Saturday Nights All Right for Fighting. I might have to look into that. Yeah, it's. A, I like that. I like that song. Yeah, and they, it jams. Like it jams. It's a good one. Interesting. All right. Uh, well, next week. I think next, next up, one's you, right? Yep. Next one's me. I got number three and number four. Um, I can see who it's added by, so that's how I know where I'm going. Uh, wait. I didn't add Bad Company. You did. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I have Darius Rucker's version of Wagon Wheel. Uh. When I say originally done by, this is a two-parter. Um, originally done by Bob Dylan in 1973, but just the chorus. Um, in 1998, the lead singer, or uh, Keith Secor of Old Crow Medicine Show, who is the fiddle player and I believe the lead singer, um, wrote the rest of the song. Uh, so... Bob Dylan's going to make, like, four different appearances on this list. Uh, either... and. <laughs> and he generally is on the right side of history in like in all of these. Um, so here's my here's my here's my issue with it. One, you there's not enough genre jump for me. Um, so when you when you cover a song and you're within the same genre, um, it's always going to be hard to make it a good cover. Uh, this is a bluegrass song that barely makes a genre jump into pop country or whatever. The okay, because that was going to be my hold the brakes. Like, I feel like where Old Crow is coming from is a different place than Darius, but you just you you, yeah. you cover that. Like, right. it, yeah, it, it makes there. It's just not enough of a jump, which is fine. Um, but Darius Rucker, and this goes all the way back to his time with Hootie and the Blowfish. Um, is not a very um, emphatic singer. When he does this song, a lot of the like a lot of the feeling, a lot of the heart that you get with the jaunty bluegrass um, that you get with Secor's super high nasally vocals is lost because he is up there. Somebody said, "Hey, this would be a good idea for you to cover it because Ulcro went platinum with this song," um, and nobody know. When when you say wagon wheel, everybody's immediately going to think Darius Rucker because he immediately hops on the top of it and went, okay, this is bluegrass. I can make it pop country. And it is just, for me, it's flat. Um, there's no feeling behind it. And he just, he ruined it. <laughs> like, honestly, he ruined it because he took what was a very, a very good, um, a very, like, just this really cool... Bob Dylan as bluegrass because um, you could easily see Bob Dylan singing this song. Their voice is not yeah. the voice is not too far off. They have that high pitched. Well, nineteen sixties Bob Dylan, not like old gravelly. Yeah, no, it's new Dylan. Now it, Dylan, it's got that it's got that high pitched kind of nasally tone to it. Um, you know, it's like even when it's produced, it's a lot of high end in the guitar, um, and then it just turns into this pop country chart topping I'm out here to collect a paycheck and I have no feeling in it song and he ruined it um, and what makes this a cover that should not exist is everybody associates 
this song with Darius Rucker instead of Bob Dylan and Old Crow? Well, Darius Rucker leveraged this cover to establish his bona fides as a country singer. Is my understanding of the history of this, it, right? Yeah, effectively, yeah. And this he, was his. I don't know if he had a single before this or not. This that is was what I mean. Dr- this is what gets him right. Like this. This is, was his. This was his launching point into country music. Was well, this it, cover, and to this day, it's still like his peak. I, I don't know if he has another one. I know I'm sure he does, but as far as well, like all, one I can write, all right, a song by all him, all right, I, all right. I I don't yeah, know that one, and then it won't be like this for long. Uh, but those are both off the same album. Yeah, so I mean, this made him a ton of money, gave him like a a lean in on a whole different genre from the frat rock he's doing of hooting the blowfish yeah so wagon wheel has 626 million plays his version (laughs) of it has 626 million plays on spotify old crow's version has 151 million that one went holy shit because yeah and old crow went platinum platinum with their shit and so you know just saying that's why he ruined. They pro- well, they probably sold actual physical albums with their shit versus streams. Sure, yeah. So there's that. Yeah. You know, well, that's what I'm saying is like they probably sold physical albums. It's something, but yeah. So old uh, Darius Rucker leaned on this song to offer credibility for his, you know, she repositioning yeah. his pivot to country. Um, it, like it's a genius move in his part as far as. You know, Hootie and Blowfish is Kappasig frat rock from the 90s. Uh, Old Crow Medicine Show is frat country for the 2000s. So he just kind of like leaned on them and it's like, okay, yeah, I could do this. Yeah. It it falls in line with what you were saying earlier. It was derivative. It doesn't add anything new. It just no. Present, he made this it, no. He made this significantly worse by just delivering well, it's a just super. It repackages it in a flat. That's what I was about to say. A flat way. Uh, they bring in a female vocalist, which is kind of a trend on some a lot of these covers. And it's like, eh, doesn't really add to it. But yeah. thanks for throwing her some work. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, on one hand, I appreciate that he brought this song to the masses, but he also probably didn't do that good of a job of saying who did it first. So maybe it didn't send that many folks down to old crow's way. Whatever. Well, there's, there's Bob Dylan. Number one. I'm sure we're going to see him again throughout this episode. <laughs> I know he's got one coming up soon ish. Uh, yeah, there's at least one. Uh, okay. You're up next. Uh, with, we're going to start the train on these guys. <laughs> so it turns out they just have a ton of bad covers. Yeah, like that's kind of their brand. Yeah. Oh, so I have this some, one's I have this one's on personal it. for me for sure. So the next song is "Bad Company" by Bad Company. Which, to your knowledge, how many other bands have a self-titled song? Not self-titled album, but self-titled song. Uh, yes, I can think of one right now. I can't. Like, think, did, I can't think. Did Megadeth? Did Megadeth come out with me- the song? No, Megadeth? no, no, no. I know. God damn it! I know this. I know this. I know this. Fuck! I'm gonna Backstreet. I, Backstreet's back doesn't count. No, 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 no. I I can think of it. Um, regardless. Anyway, continue on your rant. Uh, but anyhow, we have by Five bad company. Punch. 
We have bad company by bad company, which that's just that's just cool in general. And in my opinion, this is a like I you know I've heard this song since I was a kid. Like it, you, you're listening, you're like you're in a western. Like that's the imagery it conjures up. Like you really get the feeling of you're out there, sort of out in the fucking badlands, gunning folks down, and you're just a bad motherfucker. And it's a good song. Like it's got some like the musicianship's great. Like Bad Company is one of those early '70s super bands. Like they brought in like the dudes from Deep Purple and some other bands. Oh. Like, hey, let's do something big. Sorry, Black Sabbath, Black Sabbath, Iron Maiden, Iron Maiden. Bad, re- bad, bad, re- bad religion, bad religion. Those are the ones I was thinking of. Black Sabbath does have a song called Black Sabbath. Yeah, it probably jams though. How about it jams? Oh, Wilco has a song. Yeah, Wilco. Does Wilco have a song called Wilco? Yeah. Oh, weird. Huh. Yeah. So self-titled, self-titled. Maybe the album's also called Bow Company. I don't know. No. That triple, triple self-titled is or double self-titled. That's cool. <laughs> Inception. <laughs> yeah yeah is the fuck is the top ever gonna stop spinning i don't know <laughs> so this is a song like i it's just a really fucking just it's a jammer like it's on a bunch of my playlists i actually listen to the song a lot like i think it's good it's up there of like uh thin lizzie's cowboy song so like rock and roll songs about being in a western essentially <laughs> okay I, love I, it. I, I like both those songs love but it. they're like but like they're like rock and roll songs about living in a western, essentially. Like, like but it captures the feel. Yeah. I don't know. No, I get it. And, I get it. And then you have uh, much talked about on this podcast, <laughs> thanks to the butt rock episode. <laughs> we do just, we shit by, on these guys so much. <laughs> podcast least favorite, <laughs> five finger death punch. Who, like Bob Dylan, is going to make multiple appearances throughout this episode? We we honestly could have done this whole episode about bad five five finger death punch covers and probably got an eleven, and they all would have been bad. Dude, they're like objectively all, yeah. bad. Yes. So did did you see the uh, did you see the picture I put on uh, the Instagram story? No. Like, from their album cover for this song on our Instagram story. Or on yeah. yours. Yeah, no, no I'm going to go this find it. This was like though. two days ago. It was so bad. I'm going to go hit the archives. <laughs> Keep going, though. Oh, my God. Like, it's just, like, you know, those, like, memes that, like, old angry boomers put out, like, the guy with a skeleton coming yes. out from, like, smoke and fire? Yes. <laughs> I think that must just be their brand. <laughs> oh, I have. There, it's a it's a Eddie ripoff is what it is. Um, Iron Maiden. Oh, from Iron Maiden. Yeah, it's it's an Eddie well, ripoff is what it is. And if I'm well, not mistaken, I believe that they even talk about that being an Eddie ripoff. There is no comparison between Iron Maiden and Five Finger Punch. I agree. But um, they decided to have their own take on Bad Company, and I don't know if this is their first stab at a cover or this is one. Of many beforehand or whatever, but this, uh, if I'm not, so this is kind of like this is their Darius Rucker moment. This was one of their really big songs. Yeah, and so flash back to 2011. I'm in basic training, Charlie Company, and this is what they set our stupid like training montage song. Oh to. yeah, 100. No, <laughs> percent Like it's. <laughs> 
like I'm there, my parents are in the back, like, oh yeah, he graduated basic training, great. And they had to sit through just like this fucking terrible fucking song with a bunch of goober privates being shitty at soldiers <laughs> to this song. So for me, it's very much like no matter how you slice it, I'm going to associate bad things to this song because we were soup sandwiches, of course. But I remember walking out and Mark being like, so uh, that was an interesting take on a bad company song. <laughs> I hope I never. I hope I never have to hear that again. Yeah, surprise, surprise. You hear it at every motivational event. I was going to ask you if that is somehow parlayed into because some because somehow has this become like the vet bro band. Uh, dude, we're going to get into it. We're going to. I promise you. I have like so some, many, I have so many one-liners I've written down about this band for this episode. <laughs> and I'm just trying to figure out a way to get them in organically. <laughs> <laughs> Let me know the cues to tee you up. I don't know, man. So many. So many. Like, like after that, like, leaving, I'm like, God, that fucking sucked. Like, that's such a good song. Like, the whole, the tension that builds in the original by Bad Company's version of Bad yeah. Company, which is arguably, God, now I say it out loud, I'm like, that's the funniest thing they could have done is write a song about their band name but then also make it like, oh, yeah, it's like this Clint Eastwood thing. Well, <laughs> so I, I don't know how much time you spent with the five-finger death punch version of this, but the fact that they I've put their... a lot. The fact that they put their own name into the bad company because they changed the lyrics and they say, the death punch song is our claim to fame. Yeah. Right. Oh, so wait, what? How have I missed that? Yeah, dude, that's in the middle. So they, um, it's in the second verse. So okay, uh, so I don't think I could ever make it that far into it. <laughs> okay, hold on a second. So well, let's look at it. So in the second verse, um, they so it says, "Now these towns, they all know our name. The six gun song, our claim to fame. I can hear them say, bad company, right? So that's the original yeah. song. So the way they do it, now these towns, they all know our name. The death punch sound is our claim to fame. I can hear oh them my say God. Bad oh, Company. I can hear it now. It's death punch sound. Yeah. Okay, yep. Yep. But it sounds like death punch song. Yeah. 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 Oh. I mean, don't get me wrong. Uh, I understand why they did this cover, right? Because you can only sing about the troops and how you're going to punch somebody so many times before you have to take a break and make a cover. And that's what they did. Because every song is like, you step to me, I'm going to fucking punch you in the face. Military, military, we support the military. And then they're like, time to do a cover because this cover is sponsored by Rockstar Energy and <laughs> fucking whatever's Brovet Black Rifle Coffee oh, Company. I, I think the uh, the name of this album they were on was called War is the Answer. It is. That's the yeah. That's, wow, that's a hundred percent. So that's that's a pretty yeah. Two thousand on the nose. Two thousand nine. Um, and it's like the I think it's their first album. I want to say it's their first album. Um, I'm like ninety percent sure it's their. Well, no, they had American Capitalist right before it, and American Capitalist had uh the big songs. Uh, the their first couple big songs. On it. Wait, the, the album is called American Capitalist. Yeah, and it's not tongue in cheek. It's like. 
pro being capitalist. Yeah. So I, I take which it is back. not a bad thing I take necessarily. So, I'm just more like so the way oh. the, the way the fist is the first one. The big song off of that is uh, the bleeding, uh, which was pretty dang good. Uh, and then American Capitalist is next. The big song off of that you have over and under it. Um, and then remember everything where they're starting to kind of get into the uh, like the melodic shit. And then Bad Company in 2009, which just puts them over the edge. Yeah. And so like once they like caught some uh, some heat, they're like, all right, this is what we're doing now. We're only making moto videos for fucking basic training companies. Yeah. No. Um, but yeah. So. It- it's bad. Like in no way does this song like fucking pump me up like Bad Company's. Music. Bad Company's version. I'm like, fuck yeah, let's ride out, let's go pillage some goddamn villages, let's go to Mexico and steal their horses. Yeah. And and again, but, musically, it's super toned down. They had a really great opportunity to just like lean into it and get heavy as fuck. Um, and they just didn't. They really overproduced the vocals to sell it. Um, but they. Like musically, they really well, had a chance to really get heavy because Ivan uh, Ivan Moody their does vocals some, much like Darius Rucker is vocals are flat. Yeah, like, there's, there's no inflections and there's no like, energy. there's nothing exciting about it. Yeah, there's no energy in that. Um, but guess what? They're not going to make only one appearance uh, because guess what? The next song is it's fucking Five Finger Death Punch. Uh, <laughs> this I don't think. I don't think this is a good song, no matter how you slice it. Yeah, but they okay. don't do it. They and don't do any favors. And I'm going to clarify this one. By no means is the original a masterpiece. It's "Blue on Black" by Kenny Wayne Shepherd. Kenny Wayne Shepherd is the guitarist. Noah Hunt, I believe, is the uh, vocalist. Just for anybody who wanted a little fun fact of Peach, uh, a little fun fact out there. Yeah. So I did not know that. So it's like a Ted Nugent thing where the band is the guitarist and the singer just gets interchanged 6 a.m nikki six is the guitarist uh, there's actually a different lead singer oh um okay anyway so blue and black the original um it's a it's a catchy song it's very well written uh you know good for you kenny wayne shepherd for uh, just making a catchy fucking tune that I have to hear at every bar um, anytime that there's a cover band um, and there's anybody above the age of 50 in the audience or anybody above the age of oh, 50 yeah. on dude, stage. Old, right? old white dudes love this song. Okay. Mark likes this song. Yep. Killer song. Um, good job. You nailed it. Let's talk about Five Finger Death Punch's version of this, but a specific version of Five Finger Death Punch in which... <laughs> in which... Kenny Wayne Shepherd is playing guitar. Brian May from Queen is involved in yeah. the song. What is this? And Brantley <laughs> Gilbert. Brantley Gilbert, if you've listened to any of our past episodes, you will know we do not consider a real person, much less a real country musician. So Here, how do you how do you even get Brian May involved in this and it still be shitty? Because everybody because everybody else is yeah, because everybody else oh, is. Oh wow. It's all the proceeds were da- donated to the Gary Sinise Foundation. Yes, to no. benefit first to I'm benefit telling, the troops. I'm telling you, <laughs> like when they're not singing about the troops or how he can punch you in the face better than anybody else can punch you in the face, he's gonna do a cover. That's Ivan Moody's fallback. Uh, let uh, here's a reason one that this cover should have never been done, uh, because when you do a cover. The song needs to be so iconic 
and you need to take a whole new approach on it, that itself, the cover becomes iconic. Or, the song needs to be so shitty that you do a cover of it and nobody realizes it's a cover because the original song was so shitty. What you did, Ivan Moody and Five Finger Death Punch, was you took a overplayed, catchy, mediocre song and you turned it into an overplayed, catchy, mediocre cover. To the point that you took Brantley Gilbert, who is a mediocre country singer at best, and Cody, I put this on your notes for later, but I want you to go back and listen to this song and tell me if you think it sounds more like a Brantley Gilbert song or more like a Five Finger Death Punch song because there's no difference. Like This is one of those pictures that depending on how you look at it, you're like, oh, I see the rabbit. Oh, I see the duck. And at any point, you're like, oh, this does sound like a Brantley Gilbert song. This sounds like overproduced Nashville pop country bullshit. And then you listen well, to it with the other ear, and you're like, oh, it does like kind of sound Aldean, like Jason Aldean, Brantley Gilbert, they're like the same guy. They essentially just make rock music for people who are scared of crowds. Rock music with an accent, right? That's all they do. Yeah. It's just rock music with an accent. They they are, except, you know, Leonard Skinner did it better. That's about it. Yeah. Um, and... I, I told you, I mean, like, we have another song by Five Figure Death Punch on here. The only person who <laughs> did more covers and had a more successful career is fucking Elvis. Um, but at least he was ripping off songs by people that nobody knew existed because they were black at the time. Um, yeah, like, <laughs> you don't consider George Strait because he's just a singer. He never, no pretense. He, yeah. he sings other people's songs. He does a good job. Yeah. Uh, this song, but, I, like the what what kills it for me is you put another artist on there, and no matter how I listen to it, I can't figure out if it's his song or your song because you both have the same shitty sound. The both oversynthesized, yeah. like the the vocals are so oversynthesized, and then you just took a mediocre cover, and you turned it into a medi or you took a mediocre song, you turned it into a mediocre cover. And again, there is zero like passion. There is zero inflection. There is zero anything other than I. And the, you know, all the proceeds went to the fucking military. Great. Uh, you could have at least. It's only got sixty nine million plays. You could have done better than that. There's a. There's a. So you look up Ivan Moody, and one like the people ask, "Why is Five Finger Death Punch so pro pro military?" And they think it's because and the guitarist is from like Soviet Russia. Military news says. Maybe it's their firmly anti-communist point of view. Yeah, because the because the dudes <laughs> from like from the Soviet Ukraine or something like that. What the? F- yeah, it's uh, Hungary. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, I mean that's a losing battle too because like he's anti-communist because he's from Hungary, where his ancestors were proud Nazis and fought the communist. <laughs> Like I'm just, you, you only had one of two sides to be on in 1940. Whatever you were, either a Soviet communist or you were a Nazi. I'm just like looking at pictures of Ivan Moody. I'm like, man, this is a very old-looking 43-year-old. And he's like, a, he looks as he looks as old as the Undertaker, but the Undertaker is like 65. He looks like he should have a tattoo on his forehead, say "Sponsored by Monster." He has tattoos on his head and face know, so, but none of them know. say sponsored by monster there's there's my take on not the last <laughs> five finger death punch should song be on this should list. be sponsored by monster <laughs> and also should 
be funded by big drywall because yeah. they promote so much punching in it. There you go. <laughs> I was actually able to fit both. Of my, I was able to fit both my one liners into into them in the last two songs. I think I'm out of one liners. Presented. <laughs> All right, you're up next. Blue on, blue on black presented by Monster. Yeah. This is a. There's the also there's also a domestic disturbance. The version. Monster Energy Drink of the Week song. Yeah, there's a domestic disturbance version of this for guys with PST PTSD called Blue on Black Eye. Um, <laughs> domestic disturbedness. Oh yes, perfect. All right, you're up next. Here's our here's our next Dylan song. So the next one is "Knock It on Heaven's Door," and. I had to take a step back because Guns N' Roses are like on my, they're on my Mount Rushmore of just bands that I, I have loved my entire life. However, I firmly believe this song, this cover should not exist. Yeah. Bob, Bob Dylan's version of knocking on heaven, heaven's door is I've never seen the fucking movie. I don't know if any of that, but it's from the, uh, some, Billy the Kid and Pat Garrett movie from the 70s. Bob Dylan does the entire soundtrack. Knock on Heaven's Doors on it. And it's a damn well-written song. It's well-performed by him. It's soulful. Like, it just, it's very morning. You can tell this is absolutely some young man's last moments on this earth. Guns N' Roses takes it and they add in, like, phone calls to like their manager <laughs> to it <laughs> like it just goes yeah. places it yeah. doesn't make sense it doesn't fit axel's voice i know axel fancies himself some sort of cowboy type figure but this wasn't the song to establish those bona fides on but again i think this song and there's at least a couple others where the production and it's like Hey, let's add a phone call to this. That'll make it different than the original. <sighs> yeah. Um, <laughs> like you're hearing like the song and it goes, you hear ding, then like a phone conversation. Like, what the fuck is going on? So Why? Can we just agree that? So there's bands that do covers very well, and that's going to be in our part two episode. Uh, there's bands that do yeah. covers very well. Elvis is a person that does covers very well. Our last night. Does you throw a song at Elvis, dude? Elvis, uh, he did "Never Went to Spain," which I think Waylon did it first. Okay, and Elvis's version is awesome. Yeah, Streets Ahead. Waylon's is great, but Elvis's is fucking awesome. Like he's got a whole chorus, choir. It fucking yeah, rips. Yeah, there are bands that just do covers. At, like our last night, I'm gonna. Our last night is a band that just they write kittle, killer core music. But their covers are out of this fucking world. They're so good. There are bands that think they do covers well, um, like Five Finger Death Patch. And then there's <laughs> bands that can't do a cover to save their life. And unfortunately, Guns N' Roses is one of them because I don't Dude, know why. Are. I don't know why we didn't put this on there. But Sympathy for the Devil sucks too. Oh God, yeah. Was that in? Um, that was in Interview they, with the Vampire. Was it Interview for Vampire or uh, their ver- End of Days? No, their version was in Interview with the Vampire. Okay. <laughs> um, oh my god. Yeah, no, they well and they have a whole album of covers called The Spaghetti Incident. Yes. And and it's god awful. I'm pretty sure that's the reason why Slash left the band. He's like, "Nope, not doing this anymore." 
there's yeah i mean i could get into whole i didn't even send you did, did you look at the metallica blacklist album I did. So I knew about like, that when it's it like came four, out. It's like five and songs, and each song is recorded six different times by six different artists. The the Chris Stapleton version of, uh, I don't think it's Enter Sandman, but whatever Chris Stapleton's version fucking sucks, and I just couldn't bring myself to pick off one song from that album. It all sucks. It's all terrible. <laughs> Have <laughs> you heard Chris song. Stapleton's version of In the Air Tonight? He did a Snoop Dogg <sighs> for Monday Night Football. No, but that sounds awful, and I want to <laughs> hear it now. <laughs> it's... His his bit of it is like, okay, I would like to see a full version of this just to get the full merit. Mm-hmm. But then you have to shoehorn in the laziest verses from Snoop Dogg, No No Man. You're like, yeah. well, this, much like most of his playlists that we're discussing, this did not add anything to this song. <laughs> yeah, so that's, that's my big gripe with Knockin' Heaven's Doors. Bob Dylan... Has been upstaged before, but he was not upstaged by Guns N' Roses. Jimi Hendrix fucking rings his bell every day on along the Watchtower uh, to be continued on that discussion. But Guns <laughs> N' Roses does not do a better job at knocking on heaven door than Bob Dylan. Yeah. No, of course not. I agree. Um, Let's right. go to yours because I heard this song for the first time today that yeah. The cover version of the song today. I'm like, and um, would it surprise you that the song Cody's talking about is written or is done by fucking Five Finger Death Punch? <laughs> Why is this band so bad? <laughs> and they are covering it. So it, it, believe me, each the reason I'm picking these is not just because I hate Five Finger Death Punch, but there's three legitimate reasons. I already explained my reasoning on on the blue on black thing. Uh, let's talk about Gone Away. Gone Away is recorded by, I think it's off Ixnay, the Ombre in 1997. Yeah, it's off Ixnay on the Ombre. Uh, this is the Offspring song, 1997. Uh, this is a very personal song for Dexter, the lead singer of the Offspring, and he talks about this because this song is about death in a shooting act, in a shooting event where him and his wife were present. Um, and this song just, so when you kind of know the backstory behind this, it there is just like this huge emotional connection. Um, it takes a lot of balls to cover a very personal song like this. Um, I would, you know what, Ivan? I know you're listening to this podcast. Uh, next, I would <laughs> love for you to, um, I, I would love for you to cover uh, some Ben Folds Five. Uh, brick. Do brick. Yeah, just do brick. <laughs> do brick. Like, while we're just talking about insensitive fucking covers, I just want you to do Brick by Ben Folds. Uh, and, you know, sing about sing about this man's uh, wife getting an abortion. Um, so It's going to be incredible a year from now when the Brick cover from them comes out and it hits your liquid metal station <laughs> on Sirius L- or whatever. L- yeah, luckily... And- Luckily, and you're like, liquid the one metal. time I put a thought in the universe that comes true, it's this one. Yeah, luckily, Liquid Metal knows better enough than to put fucking Five Finger Death Punch on there because they're not metal. Um, they're bro metal. Sure, what the fuck those guys? Jesus, do. they're bro I guess metal. They're more of like butt hard rock, right? Yeah, no, they're just butt rock. They're still butt. They are the just new wave. Rock. They're the new wave of butt rock. Um, and then again, like every other cover, you, oh God, you're just a cock tease. Like you, you want to make it heavy. You just you want to do it so bad, and then you're scared that that 35 year old housewife who still has a Metallica Master the Master of Puppets shirt on, 
um, is scared because she might hear something that resembles um, like authenticity and heaviness in the song, um, which is why she's wearing a Metallica shirt. And, and this this woman obviously has still a very large tramp stamp, even though that was two generations before. Hundred percent, hundred percent. And the dad is a master, like. He's a master of the smoker. He talks all his friends about how he smokes. Um, and the first smoker he bought was a fucking Kingsford pellet grill. Um, and he's going to give you the best five-hour brisket recipe you've ever had in your life. Um, and slather. I'm and also assuming both these people vape heavily. Yes, yes. Uh, and, <laughs> and then the guy has a jacked-up F-150 with a six-cylinder in it. And he also tells you don't scratch the bed. Uh, that's that's why we have the minivan. We can put stuff in the minivan, but nothing goes in the back of the truck. That's your audience, Five Finger Death Punch. Uh, it's a shitty cover. It shouldn't exist because you took a very personal, emotional song and you turned it into bland nothingness. So... Uh, do you, th- do you think this guy also says people don't want to work anymore? Yes, 100%. <laughs> but he's not paying anybody more than the federal minimum wage because if you wanted a real job, you should have gone to college. And if you're complaining about having college debt, um, then you should have gotten a real job. Yeah, you should have came to work for me and have lower expectations, god damn it. Yeah. Uh, that's, our last, that's our last Five Finger Death Punch song. No, no, it's, it's, uh, <laughs> it's really bad. Um, I, I put this playlist on on my way to pick up lunch today and i believe i tried to start the for like the second time the finale to this episode but i was like all right let me hear (laughs) this version of gone away i have not heard this ever and this is like this was a big hit on the radio i didn't pick like random songs this was a big hit in the hard rock world yeah i don't have any pulse check on that world at all i know that's why i put that shit on it has 132 million plays it has more than their what it has more than their uh than their cover of blue on black does shut the fuck up no it has more than their cover of blue on black does who is listening to i guess we've been describing we've been describing target personas we've been describing them yeah the friday night Uh, domestic the friday night domestic abuse call is who's listening to this my god like it is this the state song of Ohio or something? Yeah, this song only. This song, <laughs> this song is 19 million listens away from passing uh, "Wagon Wheel" by Old Crow Medicine Show. <laughs> what? <laughs> who is this for? I, I, I'm saying that loud. I know who it's for. Like, I have a very vivid picture in my mind on who this shit is for. Uh, it's actually already surpassed the original version. Uh, by the offspring, oh, by uh, twenty-four God. million plays. Did did they not know about the offspring? I don't know, bro. Surely these people have heard "Pretty Fly for a White Guy" or anything off of Smash, like "Bad Habit." You know, or uh, self-esteem? self-esteem. Everyone's heard "Self-Esteem" Again, off of Smash. Yes, hundred percent. Yeah, Smash. I yeah. agree with you. Well, I, I... Americana, the album you're referencing, another killer. I've definitely brought up that. You know, my theory on The Offspring is actually a very right-wing reactionary punk rock yes. band, right? Yeah, 100%. Okay, yeah. yeah. 100%. They definitely are. Yeah. Like, and I listened to, like, both versions as I was getting my sandwiches. It's like, this really is <laughs> a right-wing band. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Like, they're a good, you know, th- I like plenty of their songs. But I was right. like, shit. <sighs> we got to figure out how to speed this up, but we're going to do it. Or we, It can be, I don't care. I got time. It can be a long episode. Hey, some sure. of these have... We, this next one, it doesn't take much to talk about. <laughs> no. It is 
I don't know if this is Korn's first stab at covers, but uh, I think I'm in high school still. Korn um, did a stab at Word Up. Yeah. Which, Korn's again, not saying it's Word Up is a song that's sacrilegious that can't be touched. Nope. But so you, you have a tail end of disco funk song cover up uh, Word Up by uh, Cameo. It's funky. It's fun. It's it's whatever the fuck it is, and then you have known like daddy diddler songer singers corn doing their own take on word up, and it just did never make sense to me. Still does. Yeah, corn um, has done. Uh, I'm trying to think of all their. Covers. They actually appear twice on this. They do. Yeah, I put them on there. I don't know if you'd heard my version of it. Uh, no, I did not yeah. until this yeah. morning and then i looked up like how many other corn cover songs are there and they do a lot of covers yeah they're not all like it, some of them again aren't genre jumping so i don't care too much like if you're going to cover a new metal band like eh, you covered a metal band whatever it's in your it's in your genre it's a respect thing yeah yeah but cody's right they, they, they're gonna Ooh, make there's a corn slipknot cover of sabotage i would like to hear that yeah Corn. I okay. He could do Which, a creep. Because uh, you know, the, so I think the John, issue, I think the issue. Jonathan Davis's whole thing is being whiny and stupid. So that's it, what he should stick to. I, that's what he's wanna, good at. I want to go back to this because corn corn could it. easily do like a really good new metal funk. They have the sound for it. They really yeah, do they're, have they're, the sound. Their bassist so like, is good. Uh, yeah, they fieldy, really right? ha- Yeah, fieldy. They really have like that the sound the problem is is jonathan davis he He is not funky he is the opposite (laughs) he is yeah he is definitely not funky he's the opposite of ivan moody if ivan moody is the most lethargic hard rock singer you've overheard in your life jonathan davis is the most hyperactive Overactive? yeah Yeah. the most overactive new metal singer you've ever heard in your life if he could bring it in just a little bit this would be a great song. They they really had an opportunity here. It could be there. Like, you know, I was listening. I was like, it's not as funky as the original. And the original's fucking super, it's loose. It's funky. It's, like I said, it's tail end of disco. Very just, it's fun. Yeah. And Korn just doesn't quite rise to the occasion on this. Because I am agreeing with you that, their bass section is good. Yeah, no, like it's their got, whole rhythm section. It's got it's good. like that funk to it, and that's what makes their band fun. Like that new metal, they've got that funk to it, and they could really uh, the the uh, the album issues. Um, there's some like there's some funky breakdowns that that have this really cool groove. But we'll get back to them in another song. I promise. Uh, let's oh, just keep, let's just keep it moving. Okay, so this next one, the year is two thousand. I think I'm going to disagree with you on, but I'm willing okay. to hear you out. The year is 2003. Johnny Cash. We're all sad. Johnny Cash. Except for JM. Johnny Cash has died. Um, And right before he dies, or right after he dies, I think it may be right after he dies, uh, they release Hurt. Hurt is a cover of Nine Inch Nails. 
Uh, it's off the Downward Spiral. The Downward Spiral is an incredible album with songs such as March of the Pigs, Closer, um, t- 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 the, the titular track, um, The Downward Spiral. It's a great album. Somebody told Johnny Cash this was a good idea, and this is the reason it's a shitty cover. One, Rick Rubin told him that. One, because you change the lyrics, um, and you change the meaning of the song. So Johnny Cash is going to sing, I wear this crown of thorns along my liar's head. The original lyrics are, I wear this crown of shit along my, or uh, around my liar's head. Um, yeah, so I did not know that. Don't change the lyrics. Because you change the meaning. When you change the lyrics, you change meanings. Um, and I got it. Two, somebody told this man it was a good idea. And because they told him a good, it was a good idea, and because 70 years before that, 60 years before that, whatever the case may be, I don't, it wasn't 60 years, but you know, like 50 years before that, somebody told Johnny Cash he could sing. Um, it was right around the same time or right before the time that somebody told Chris Christopherson he could sing as well um, because they both write incredible songs. Just neither one of them have a... They both have a face for radio and a voice for the silent pictures. Um, First of all, do you, Chris Christopherson is very handsome. Yeah, I know. I know. Okay, I was not going to let that slander slide. No, he is. He is. Uh, he's just okay. not a. He's not a good Ca- singer. Carry on. He's not a good singer. And Johnny Cash just, is not. Uh, uh, Johnny Cash, at however old he was when he died uh, in his seventies, eighties, uh, was not a good singer. Anyways, no, the reason like this Bob is Bob Dylan. The reason this is a shitty cover uh, is because I challenge anybody to sit through this music video. Just sit through this music video and tell me it's a good job of this song. Um, oh my god. I'm willing to disagree that I feel like most people, myself included, put this song on a higher pedestal because of the music video, because it's this old man who is dead looking upon his highlight reels, essentially. It's because it's Johnny Cash. If anybody else other than Johnny Cash had done this, you'd be like, eh, this is is fucking terrible. No, no. Get rid of the fact that it's Johnny Cash and it is a shitty cover. Yeah, like, you know, you facts don't care about your feelings, the whole thing. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, I just want to I, point out that uh, Johnny Cash's version has 562 million plays and the Nine Inch Nails have 82. <laughs> so, fuck you, Johnny Cash, for, like, dying and... and everybody if he had n- now, if he had not died, this song probably would not have exploded. Sure. Like, there would have been no music video play. There wouldn't have been any radio play. You know, this wouldn't be on, like, someone's grandpa's eulogy slideshow or whatever. Yeah. Well. I I, I do like this cover. I recognize that it's a total different feel than Trent Reznor's. Trent Reznor's is going to be more about addiction, whereas Johnny Cash's is more implied to be probably about his shortcomings in life you know his long life with you know the divorces and philandering and all that i got it i I think on on that merit you can weigh them separately 
and I'm probably standing too hard, and I get no, that. no, no. You're fine. And luckily for me, Johnny Cash isn't going to make one appearance on this. He's about to make a second appearance with your next song. <laughs> That's it. Hold on, I got. I, I was looking up corn songs. I oh, lost my playlist. That's right. Oh yes, he does. <laughs> yes, he does. Yes, he does. So yeah, we, so, we. I think we only have two references to Texas country in here, um, and this is going to be one of them. I think uh, sidebar. You should probably move up the 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 Emerald Highway to back up to this one. Okay, will do. Well, the, which I think it makes yep, yep, yep. Go ahead. Uh, I'll get that moved around, and then I'm going to move some songs around as well. But keep yeah. Going. So we're about to do a double header on Rubber Keen, basically. Yep. This is going to be fun. So, I, I'm glad we're doing it like this because it's a it's a hit on both of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, certainly. So Rubber Keen has many great songs. His signature ch- song being The Road Goes On Forever. This would be the tale of Sonny and Sonny was Sherry. A wait- or Sherry was a waitress. The yeah, only Sherry and Sonny at their she little fucking small town end up down in Miami with with rum and cocaine down and Main shootouts. I don't know why beer. this song has not been made into a movie yet. I think about it every time I hear this song. Oh, like, yeah. I was like, why don't we just write the fucking script? It's right there. It's right there. Anyhow, so this is Rob Rokin's signature song. Like, this is the song this man hangs his hat on every night. This thing's, like, only hey. got, this thing's only got 8 million plays. Actually, according to Spotify, Feeling Good Again is his signature song because it's got 17 million. Corpus Christi really? Bay comes in second with 12.7. <laughs> uh, see, I always, I mean, this one I feel like is a signature song. It, it, it is. Know. It is. For us in yeah. Texas, it is. Corpus Christi Bay is a fucking killer, though. Yeah. Anyhow, um, it's feeling good again. It's good too. So this is hit, this is the song. Like this is the song that c- cemented his place in the '90s. This song probably inspired Pat Green and Corey Morrow and Kevin Fowler to go from metal to country. All that shit. Yeah, and Robert O'Keen is a storytelling son of a bitch. Like that man. That. And that is why I'm saying I do not understand he is why the, some idiot he is the re- hasn't made this into a script. He is the reincarnation of Chris Christopherson. Had Chris Christopherson died in 1970-whatever, Robert O'Keen yeah. is his reincarnation. He is the second wave of Jerry Jeff Walker. He is another fucking Tom T. Hall, anything like that. Tom T. Hall or even a, uh, god damn, what's his name? He's another Tom, fucking uh, Steve Earle. The guy did who's Tom Russell. Tom Russell. Yep. Yeah. Yes. So who did God Be Salem? Yep. Yeah. So great song. Um, and so when I saw him live in 2021, something like that. I know it's last summer. So is it supposed to be his like farewell tour? Like I know he's kind of touring a little bit. But so I saw him before Turnpike. You, and well, you and I no, song. You, you and I saw him in 2019 KB KMBT's Americana Music Jam. We saw him then, and maybe said this then as well, but I saw him again last summer at Coke Fest, the one that didn't get canceled. He talked about how, oh, here's a little song the Highwaymen covered, and it paid for my ranch. (laughs) His ranch in Kerrville. Yeah, yeah, Kerrville. Nice. So the Highwaymen was probably among the first country supergroups. It was Chris Christopherson, Johnny Cash, Waylon Jennings and Willie Nelson. Yeah. And just for reference, the cover 
of this comes out in 1995. That's how old The Road Goes On Forever is. Because The Road Goes On yeah. Forever comes out in like 1993? 1989? Something like that? Yeah, it's an old fucking song. And these guys, the Highwaymen, band together for one last go and do this song. 1989. It comes out on West Textures in 1989. And unfortunately, all these guys are too fucking old to have any sort of the excitement needed for this dramatic song. Like, there's a gunfight in this song. There's not a gunfight. There's somebody gets a, there's a fucking cop who just gets blasted by a 410 <laughs> while, she, while yeah, he's cuffing a single else. shot 410. And fucking Sherry gets away yeah. and Sonny goes to the chair. Like, there's. It's it's a whole movie. It's a four minute and thirty two seconds or whatever the fuck it is movie, and these old goats just don't have the only the, the only person who has the who showed up who has it. who has the chops to do this is Willie. Willie would be the only person who has the chops to to sing this song. Cause he 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 can get it. He's like, ah, this is fun. Like this is a good song. Those other guys, like, oh, whatever Chris, the fuck. I Chris guess. could have written it. Willie could have sang it. Yeah. They also had the audacity and to cover uh, Steve Earle's "Devil Right Hand" on the same album. So. They did fucking what? Yeah. The the very first track on it is Steve Earle's "The Devil's Right Hand." So no. Yeah. <laughs> I just looked at the track list. That is a good song. It is. In oh, they also. Wait, is Live Forever Billy Joe Shavers? Yes, it is. <laughs> Fuck me. Okay. <laughs> God damn it. Yes, it absolutely is. This is an album of covers. 100% this is an album of covers. I'm looking at it. <laughs> I don't know what some of these are, but my God. I, I recognize Live Forever. I'm like, yeah, I know no, all these guys Billy know Billy Joe's. Joe Shaver. 100%. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so since since we're talking about Robert Earl King being covered, let's talk about Robert Earl King covering. Um. Do you agree with this? So what the song I'm talking about is Amarillo Highway, originally done by Terry Out. So this is a discussion we've had for years. And the first time you said this to me, I think the only time I had heard Amarillo Highway was, was by Robert O'Keefe. The the live dinner number two version. That's the so one. It's him live. That's the one him everybody live. knows from. Right. That's the version everybody knows. And I think the version you have here, it might be recorded. This is, an, this is an album. This is the recorded version of it. I will say the recorded version is, is fucking abysmal. awful, right? <laughs> it's, a, it's abysmal. It is terrible. And, so the reason... And, but as time has progressed, I and I've learned more about Terry Allen. <laughs> right? Yeah. He, so, his version he is, is king. I absolutely agree. And it has nothing to do with one. But live number two dinner. That's fine. This version with Robert King Whatever. is not that bad. So here's my issue with it is slow down and sing the fucking song. Slow down and sing the song. When you listen to this song, uh, Terry Allen's version is four minutes. It's it's meandering. No. It, just, it is. It it's is very, him on a piano just fucking It is a very fun. deliberate song. And it's four minutes long. When you hear Robert Earl Keane's album version of it, it is two minutes and 28 seconds. And he's cutting out like whole bars. He is cutting out whole bars of music. And he's like, nope, fuck it. And it's just words after words after words after words after words after words. Chorus. Four measure break. Words, 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 words. Chorus. No. Slow down and sing the song, dude. <laughs> it just makes you wonder, like, why pick it if you're just going to go through it? I don't know. So that's our that's our double feature, and we'll get all, we'll get away from uh, from regional music. 
but yes, that, I had to get that one in. That one that one drives me off the fucking wall. Should have never yeah, existed. Yeah, I, I, I know that one's existed. a pet peeve for you. Should have never existed. You're up next. Paramore and MGK. <laughs> so, okay, so I have to know, did you... Uh, never heard it. Did you do it? I, yeah, did yeah, you do it? Yeah, well, I love Misery Business. I think that's a great song by Paramore. And then I listened to this, and I went, oh, dude, like, can MGK hit these highs? Is MGK going to be able to sing like her? And then he just stays at the same octave, and I'm like, oh, okay, so we're just not even trying. Cool song. No. It's so <laughs> fucking bad. Like, we're just not it's... even, like, we're not even going to try to sing it. We're just going to stay in a very comfortable range and just make a song. Okay. Yeah, no, whatever. like, I, I essentially, you'd be like, hey, Cody, here's a million dollars. Do you want to, do you want to record Misery Business? I don't know if it would sound much, much different. Oh, like, oh, by the way, I'm going to put Travis Barker on it doing drums. You're like, yeah, fuck yeah. I can just, I can just say the words to a Paramore song. I can just say Misery Business. <laughs> I'll just speak it. That's fine. I don't have to sing it. It's cool. It's just, Whoa, bro! Whatever happened this way? That's it. Doesn't like, even change I, register. Like the whole song is no, in the same and, octave, and, and no it's way, just fucking flat. Yeah, it's it. There's no nothing. It's like, all right, cool. Uh, am I gonna get? Like, bro, you're not getting paid for this. <laughs> all the money goes to Haley Williams, or her fucking yes, name is Haley Williams, hundred percent. Yeah. It's and, so bad. And you and probably like, lost money on this because you had to pay Travis Barker to sit in on the shit. <laughs> and you know, Barker, and you know, Travis so Barker's back there, like, uh, uh, this is this is awful. We wrote "Sha Na 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 Na" because we couldn't think of lyrics, and it's still better than whatever the fuck you're doing. <laughs> it's so bad. Like, because it, 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 it falls into the derivative. It's like, why? It adds nothing. What did it add? It adds nothing. Uh, do you, if, but for this one, this, like, this falls into no. This falls into. I do. A, I do a step back. A, I'm like, it's like, did this make you feel good? Yeah, I don't think it did. This falls into the category of this is such a good song, and you would really have to come out of your shoes to top this, or and maybe you need appreciate to, or, how good of a song it is, or you need to do enough of a genre jump that that this would make sense. But you didn't. You're you're staying close to the same genre on this, um, and yeah. you just like phoned it in just so you could say you recorded something with Travis Barker, and that's probably because you were in the middle of feuding with Corey Taylor because you were trying to do derivative bullshit like this, and Corey Taylor shot you down, and then you went on a public feud about it, you dumb prick, and then Eminem just blasted you for like two albums. <laughs> yeah, and Corey Taylor's he's a big dude that guy would walk like just walk the dog with machine gun kelly yes he would but i guess but i guess you're dating megan fox so like you win i don't know the first time i saw a picture of him i was like jesus christ that's a big fucking guy yeah i guess like Corey taylor's a big guy all the metal guys just work out that's all they do they just work out like look at the look at the pipes on all the guys from avenge sevenfold and tell me that when they're not doing coke off of strippers asses they're not (laughs) Just testosterone. Just not on HGH. Not on HGH pushing like 405 on bench for reps. Those guys are I mean, massive. Y- you got to love that for Danzig. Yes. Oh, God, that whole band. <laughs> like fucking Rancid. Everybody in that band, or Misfits, everybody in that band is just fucking swole. <laughs> like, fucking Danzig's like. 
do me here's the here's the template giant arms do me a favor i'm but let's i'm gonna move to the next song while i'm doing up this i want you to look up i want you to google ivan terrible who's the lead singer of slaughter to prevail and just he's a russian dude who just defected um who sings deathcore just look at pictures of him um the uh the next song cody's favorite band um this is in this band again uh slaughter to prevail the lead singer uh ivan terrible is he not just the most fucking Russian-looking dude ever? But yeah, dude, this guy is massive. <laughs> he is, and he's Russian, which makes him even scarier. Uh, Got to find the ones with the gold masks on because he just looks fucking brutal when he's wearing his mask. All right, moving on, moving on. Cody's favorite band right here. I know he's got feelings about this, so I'm gonna I'm gonna intro this while he's looking at pictures of Ivan Terrible, um, or Alex Terrible, Alex Terrible. I kept saying Ivan, Alex Terrible, um, Rascal Flats covering Tom Cochran's Life is a Highway. This is a double bad cover that should have never exist. The only reason the original cover by Chris Ledoux exists is because it's Chris Ledoux, right? Yep. That's the only way you can get away with it. And because at the time, like, you know, it's not too far. Tom Cochran's version of Life is a Highway is not too far off from maybe what Chris Ledoux was doing with, like, a Cadillac Ranch or something like that. We're kind of getting into, like, that poppy country. Yeah, that Chris Ledoux and Tom Cochran's version. They're not too far th- off. I would, I would say they're interchangeable. Yeah, not too far off. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, it, you know... Um, which is weird when you hear like the Garth Brooks praise about Chris Ledoux, which um, that's a whole other like backstory about why Garth Brooks praises Chris Ledoux, but it has a lot to do with uh, with like A and R reps, like hey, you should probably do this. Um, and then you have Rascal Flatts, who does this song for Cars motion picture soundtrack, the first Cars, oh. which is the worst movie in the Pixar fucking repertoire. Yeah, 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 I, I'd give... Uh, that's a whole other episode. We'll get into that. Okay, but prior to, like, but, 2000. So, the reason this... Again, it's double bad. One, because um, the original should never exist. Should never exist. The uh, The cover by Chris Ledoux shouldn't have existed. Therefore, your cover should not exist. Because, as we've established, if you're going to take a shitty c- song and you cover it, you need to make it really, really, really good. Um, and your voice is just awful to begin with. I, I hate his voice Your voice, so Your voice is much. just terrible. Um, your voice is just terrible, and it shouldn't exist. Um, you are the reason I am pro-life and the reason that I believe in late-term abortions because I believe I should be able to abort you right now um, just because of the way you sing. Can't take it. <laughs> I yeah, can't take Gary it. Gary Lovox is just such a grating voice. I hate it so much. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. And it's just, it's, it's a dumb, artificial, artificially sounding song set to a dumb fucking movie. This, like, is, there's a case, nothing, this is a case of the cover shouldn't exist because the original shouldn't exist. The cover shouldn't exist because the movie shouldn't exist. No, because the that's, o- the o- that's how far I'm going on this right. one. Well, the original shouldn't exist either. So, as I've as I'm two beers deep into this conversation. Yeah. All right, you're up next. I don't agree with this one, but you're up. Really? Don't agree with it at all. I think David. I think Bowie's original of the Man Who Sold the World trumps Nirvana's, but I, you know, this is one of those ones where. 
I was kind of feeling myself too much, and I'm not going to disagree with you that it's a good cover. So I, I just think that the I, Bowie version no, I, is. I think it gets alibied. So introduce the, intru- Bo- introduce the song and all that, um, or did you? The Man Who Sold the World is a Bowie song. I don't know what fucking album's off of. It's off but the man. It's who's, a really good it's song. It's off the man who sold the world. Is the album? And it is it is okay. Yeah. And I really enjoy it because, like, what is the what is the instrument that does the that twisty <laughs> shake sound? <What> <laughs> <that>? <laughs> it's like a dobro or something like that, or maybe a steel. It's like the know. yeah, it's some. I don't know. It's like I just really enjoy it. No, no, not the guitar riff, but there's like a in the background. There's some fucking instrument. I know what you're like talking. Like I know what you're talking about. Yeah, like I just enjoy it. It does something for me. I I like it better. I'm th- that's that's my whole reasoning is okay. I like it better, let, and I don't think let me Nirvana sh- let me could have done it. Let me alibi this song. So th- also, I can understand what David Bowie's saying, and I can't understand what, what Kurt Cobain's saying. Well. This one, let me double alibi this. This gets a double alibi. One, it gets a double. It gets its first alibi because they're doing it unplugged and because it's an acoustic. Two, it gets its second alibi because it's recorded live, um, and you're allowed to do anything you want at a live concert. You can cover whatever fucking song you want at a live concert. Ah, uh, that's not bad. Fuck. That's yeah, that's good reasoning. That's why it gets a double alibi because you're doing it acoustic and you're doing it live. I'm going to be wrong in this one just because I don't hate their cover. I just like David Bowie's a whole lot. And if I'm not mistaken, the only version of this that exists is on the live unplugged MTV unplugged. Yeah. It doesn't exist anywhere else. Like they did this specifically for, an unplugged acoustic set on MTV because they refuse to play Teen Spirit. <laughs> yeah, so like <laughs> you get you get double alibied by me on this one. That's fair. Uh, I just wanted out there in the world to maybe other people think Bowie's version's better, and of they could say, it, of course it is, because it's not a studio version. And if, they could say, if Cody, if they you're really, you're really forward thinking, if they turned it around, because I'm about to shit all over one of our favorite artists, uh, Sturgill Simpson. Yeah, this one I'm going to fucking disagree with you about. And I'm going to give props to Nirvana. And here's the reason. I'm not huge fans of Nirvana. I love Sturgill Simpson. And the song we're talking about is In Bloom. And this is off... Never, s- Nevermind is, from, from begin to end, a great album. I will say this that. Is I'm, all, not a huge, I'm not a huge fan. This is off of Sailor's Guide to Earth by Sturgill Simpson. He has another cover on this with Brace for Impact. Um, Live a Little, that's another cover too. Um, that one's a little bit closer. Pretty solid. In Bloom. He does... I like the horn, he, I like the horn section. Nope. <laughs> it has nothing to do with that. And he puts he puts a lot of emotion to it right there at the end. Like right there at the end, he puts that Nirvana level of emotion in it. Unfortunately for Sturgill, this is coming like this is coming at a time in his life where he is tired of doing everything that so he does high top mountain um, and then right after that he does that experimental sound uh, metamodern sounds um, and country music right uh, 
And then right after Sailor's Guide was his firstborn son's album. Yep. So in 2016, he releases Sailor's Guide to Earth. Um, and this is like him really just saying, fuck you. I'm not going to do anything that you want. And you just went. Yeah. You just went too far. Like, I understand what you're doing. They were statement pieces. Um, this was the wrong statement to make. <laughs> this is not. There are better. There were better ways to do it. There are more appropriate songs, honestly. Like there are more appropriate songs that he could. He would have fucking killed Radiohead's "Creep." If he had yeah. covered Radiohead's "Creep," he would have nailed it. Um, what's uh, like he probably he could have got away with doing some like Alice in Chains, like "Heaven Beside You," or he could done a really cool version. Uh, Let me hear his version of Gone Away. Yeah. Yes. Yes. He would have done a really good version of, like, Foo Fighters Everlong. Um, oh, yeah. But In Bloom was not not the one for him to do. Um, and, and, and I think it's because of the way he sings it, like that. I don't know. I don't know what it was. I just don't agree with this. Um, Sturgill, you killed me on this one. I'm sorry, buddy. Yeah, I'd live a little. Brace for impact. Great song. You get you There's you nailed you nailed oh, live a little is fucking great. You nailed yeah, that absolutely. You nailed that cover. You fucked this. That's one. that's a cover. Yeah, brace for impact's a cover. Or live a little. Brace for impact. That's a cover. What the fuck? Yeah, no, don't worry. <laughs> no, who did that first? Uh, do do do. Uh, dude, 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 hold on a second. The brace for impact. Is a cover of. Oh, wait, wait, wait. No. No, that's his. We're both frantically Googling. Yeah, we are. We are. Don't worry about it. Okay. There's <laughs> another. I'm sorry. There's another. There's another. Um, it's not Brace for Impact. Then there is another song on that album that is a cover, and I can't remember what the fuck it is. Um, I'll deep dive. You do the next song, because there is another song on the album that is a cover. Yeah. So the next one is a. I'm curious. No, the, the promise. I'm sorry. It's the promise. The promise is the one I was thinking of. That's his other cover. That he really did. Oh, okay. Yep, yep. Yeah, I was like, there's no way, like, a favorite of mine's a cover. No. So, the next song is a, like, 2006 era, I guess, cover by Limp Bizkit, Behind Blue Eyes. So, they took a very melodramatic version of a the Who song and just made it much more whinier and stupid. Yeah. Yeah, this as is, is as is want by Fred Durst. This is Fred Durst at his whiniest and stupidest. So like Jonathan Davis from Corn, like as he had a life, a very hard life. Well, it, and one may say he got the life. He got the life. The life happened to him. No, that's one of their songs. So yeah, of okay. course. Okay. He also uh followed the leader too ah, much nice, something nice, nice. i don't okay. know okay or the leader followed him something like that yeah so jonathan davis like most of his songs you're like something's happened to this guy like he's had he's had a bad 
Like, this is not good. Like, someone should check on him. Fred Durst sings sad and mopey and whiny, <laughs> but, we're, but we're all pretty sure he had a pretty okay life. Like, he hung out in Florida and it's like hung out on the beach and it was fine. So, and that's why nothing, anytime he's whiny, it just doesn't come across as sincere. Like, when Fred Durst wants to break stuff, you're like, He takes a chainsaw oh. and he breaks stuff. You, you're like, oh, I'm sorry that there's like the line was too long at Home Depot. And, I mean, and we have to thank Fred Durst for discovering stained, um, and we don't have to thank him for that at all. And discovering cold, the band Cold. Cold. Yeah, the band Cold. They're from <laughs> the Florida, which is what, like legitimately they're from the same area of Florida, and they're named Cold because they thought it was um, like fun to name their band Cold because they lived in Florida. I'm so glad Fred Durst could find that band and Stained, who is a stain on the existence of this country. The first two albums were incredible. You will never, like, Tormented and Dysfunction were incredible albums, and it's just all downhill from there. They were not. But would you like some candy? I do. So uh, we're going to bring you a trio of nepotism here. And the first, the first, ba- I, I just read. Oh all my the songs. God, you're right. Yeah, I'm going to bring you a trio of nepotism here. And the first song is going to be Aaron Carter's version of I Want Candy. And as we mentioned at the beginning of it, I thought Bow Wow Wow was the original. Uh, this would be the, this is not the original. The original of I Want Candy. Uh, came in the 60s or something like that from the Strange Loves. Uh, so your version of I Want Candy, which only has 4 million plays, um, looks like it's from 1965 is the compilation album. It's a deep dive. Yeah, it's a deep dive. Regardless, um, Aaron Carter becomes famous because of his older brother, uh, who is in NSYNC. Is that, yeah, Nick Carter, who's in in sync backstreet boys backstreet boys there you go um and yeah i mean i'm sorry um I, i'm glad this happened aaron i'm glad this happened at a time uh where social You're media still alive well and when social media wasn't a thing because you would have been dead much earlier because they would have <laughs> re- they would have rebecca blacked your ass um over this shit uh, you thought the stuff over Friday, Rebecca Black's Friday was bad. I, I want candy would have been worse. And the fact that you had your older brother in the music video just to give your song legitimacy just tells me that this is nepotism at its finest. <laughs> I'm not even that far. This this goes in. It's a bad cover, and it goes into my Guns N' Roses rant of why do we add a phone call to a fucking song? <laughs> Why is there a phone call <laughs> in this song about me, a cute girl named Candy? We're just going to do a whole episode about phone calls and songs that don't belong there because then we're going to get into like <laughs> or, or sound effects that that are excessive, and we're going to like put Pink Floyd's money in there with the cash register. Uh, uh, no, do- no, that that one. As someone who smoked a lot of weed, that one really works. Uh, we're gonna put the well. We're gonna mention it. We're gonna mention it later. But the uh, but the school marm at the end of uh, another brick in the wall. But yeah, yeah. So th- the trio of nepotism starts off with Aaron Carter's "I Want Candy," um, and then we're gonna go to Cody's next one, which is. Do you think I'm sexy? Yeah. And so I listened 
to this. I had heard this song forever ago. I was like, oh, that was bad. And so I listened to Bo. First of all, Rod Stewart's Do You Think I'm Sexy? Like, he has. It's classic. Like, it, it's it got a wonderful rhythm section. Like, you re- like it is a disco song. It's, it's you know, top-notch disco song. Up there is some Donna Summer shit. And Paris Hilton's voice has been shoved through so many vocal fries and sound smoothers. Like, <laughs> they're <laughs> almost... The, Somebody it, got paid a lot of money for her to To go make do, her voice sound just like Rod Stewart's, no, essentially. No, somebody got paid a lot of money for her to do the Carl's Jr. ad. Um, what was her phrase? Uh, what was her like super? That's hot. That's hot. Somebody got a lot of yeah. like paid a lot of money for her to whisper into a mic. That's hot, and then turn it into singing. Okay, but she. Do- I will defend Paris Hilton for one song, and I, I implore you. Is it on the same? Is it on the same it. album? Is it on Paris? It she only has one album, I think. Okay, okay. Let me guess. Just by, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go by guess by just streams. T- I'm gonna go by titles. No, I can't even go by streams because if it's streams, it's gonna be stars are blind. That song is fucking great. Okay. And that's the song. Okay. Well, the, apparently everybody else thinks that's the only good song too because that one has. It is 50, the only good song. Then I that one has fifty one million. Uh, do you think I'm sexy? Has five. There are songs in here that we are almost catching up with. Podcast wise, <laughs> Paris, that is not good. <laughs> no, but Stars Are Blind is a, it's like a reggae song oh, and it's good. No, no. she doesn't. No, I know the you're only thinking, per, the only person you know does she try to do a Sean Paul voice and she does not. I, so what I'm actually upset but it's more the band is doing like a reggae. What I'm dub rock actually upset at is that. Her best friend at the time. So this album's released in 2006. Um, oh, so yeah, I was in college. So her best friend a few years before this, uh, Nicole Richie, daughter of Lionel Richie, maybe the only one of the two who might be able to sing is featured nowhere on this album because we all know the Hiltons as famous musicians and not famous hotel <laughs> chain runner CEO things. Yeah, just could not call in that favor. Oh god. The final trio of nepotism. Um Kelly Osborne covering Madonna's Papa Don't Preach. Um this one is this one goes straight in line with Paris Hilton. I have no doubt that Aaron Carter can sing. I have a lot of doubt that Paris Hilton can sing. Be- no, it's a lot of production. <laughs> Before I heard Kelly Osborne's, there was very little doubt that Kelly Osborne could sing because, believe it or not, Ozzy has a decent voice. Ozzy has a very, very, oh, yeah. like, he, that man has some range. And I went, yeah, I watched the Osbournes going up between Jack and between Kelly, the two that were on the TV show, not to mention the one that wasn't on the TV show, but between those two. I feel like she got Sharon's voice. Um, and we've all heard Sharon on The View. Uh, again, overproduced piece of shit. Um, she, it obviously speaks 
volumes that she has three albums and they were all done in three years between 2002, 2003, and 2005. This is Haley Williams from Paramore looked at this version of Papa Don't Preach and went, I could do this better. Um, <laughs> and she? then made a fucking career out of it going, yep, if you could sing, you could actually make this music work. So this Madonna song, uh, Papa Don't Preach, it's it's titular 80s. Uh, True Blue comes out in 1986. It's in the heart of it. It's got a lot of that electronic, a lot of that synth feel to it. Um, and what Kelly Osbourne did is she did a very good job of, or at least the band did a very good job of like jumping that from that uh, that synthy 80s vibe and turned it to this cool like 2006 vibe and then unfortunately for the band Kelly Osbourne sang on top of it um, and turned it into the piece of shit that is her version of Papa Don't Preach I don't I don't know how else to explain it it's it's bad it's bad 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 like there's just nothing good about it and the only worst thing in that is Britney Spears' abysmal cover of I Love Rock and Roll. Yes. Which is weird because I don't know, she can sing. I don't know if you heard this song. I did. I listened before. to it. Oh, no, no. I Bef- hadn't heard Well, before. I hadn't before you mentioned it. I recall it from whenever it came out, and I was like, this is bad. And then years later, I'm like, this is maybe the, the outside. Oh, shit. This uh, is on the same album as Slay for You, which was a good song. So... The next one in line, it's bad, but the final two songs. No, are no, 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 no. Like, no, it's abysmal. an up, it's an uphill battle from here. Do you have anything? But else? I love I love rock and roll by Britney Spears is up there with just things that should not fucking exist. Like, there's this, and then there's like the the Holy Grail from the end of Indiana Jones. Like that shouldn't exist. It can't fall in the wrong hands. So, so I mean, you're talking about Joan Jett. Right and Joan Jett, yeah. Like this, I love rock and roll. Would you cover "Walk Like an Egyptian"? Maybe. Like I know that's not Joan Jett, right? But like, would you cover "Walk Like Egyptian"? Would you cover um, maybe the B fifty two's "Love Shack"? Yeah, I could do that. But I love rock and roll. Uh, fucking did Hailstorm? Did Hailstorm cover "I Love Rock and Roll"? This is just one of those that. Like it is so well, well it's you, it is thinking, so it's, it's well such a done. simple song. It, like you like you don't have to fuck this song up. Like this is I think much like you said, a song covered live gets a lot of leeway. Yes. And yeah, cover this song had, cover the fuck out of this song live. You don't record an kept album this version. As of it. something she did live. Okay. But she did this and put it to fucking tape for all prosperity. Yeah. And it is bad. Her, this is one of those examples. Like one of the arguments about Britney Spears is she actually has a shitty voice. It takes a lot of production and there's no production they could throw at this that would dispel those, you know, accusations of her sucking. Yeah. This is no favors. Yeah. This is, and 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 it's hard because it's not a hard song to sing and she sings it Terrible. And I think what I think you nailed it because it's such a simple song, and because it, it, I'm sorry, I don't want to discount like the artistic ability behind what Joan Jett did. 
it's not that it's just a simple song, but it's it is a very like formulated song, but it's done so well. This yeah. is not this is not um can anybody do a better version of Led Zeppelin's Moby Dick cuz it's a complicated song. Can anybody, you know, this isn't this this grand opera. This isn't some, you know, eruption by Van Halen or whatever the case may be. This is very. No, this is a meat and potatoes rock and roll and song, be, and because it's done so well, you have two options when you cover it. You cover it exactly live. You you do a live version if you cover it exactly, or you don't fucking cover it and you definitely don't record it and put it on an album. Yeah, that that's the mistake she made. She like and she releases a single. They, this got sent to radio and just no. like no disappeared. Yeah, it's bad. But luckily for Corn, they never, as far as I know, did not try to. Nope, they did. Release. They did. They released did this they? as a single. Jonathan Davis was he did it again, uh, and they did it as Wait. an all three act. Y'all know they did. No, they did. This was released as a single. Believe me. Please tell me this is like the faculty soundtrack. Nope. It was released as a single. Oh, my God. So uh, we're talking about Korn covering Pink Floyd's Another Brick in the Wall. Not only did they cover Another Brick in the Wall, which uh, generally everybody knows uh, part one and part two, or maybe part two and part three. Uh, generally, when everybody hears Pink Floyd's Another Brick in the Wall, it's just part two. It's yeah. just the middle part. Uh, which is the song. That was the radio release, yeah. That's the radio release. Korn covers part one and part two and part three, turns it into a, like, seven-minute song, which is, I think, what it is. Um, And the issue is, once again, Jonathan Davis trying to sing it. (laughs) Not only is Jonathan Davis trying to sing it, but they are trying to do an exact cover of it. Just an updated cover of it. I don't know how to explain it. They're trying to they do like an exact in, updated cover. They even brought in like a fucking um, children's chorus, but they're not creepy British kids. Yeah. It, 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 you had you you had an opportunity, you know, they had an opportunity to make this their own. They really did. There's a lot of really cool ways that Korn could have turned this song into like a Korn version of it. Uh, it, it. This goes back to this goes back to Five Finger Death Punch covering all these songs. Ivan Moody has a great metal voice. The man can scream. These and are guys who are good at what they do, and then switch over to do just something incorporate incorporate not some of that like metal into it. Uh, Jonathan Davis. Jonathan Davis uh, plays the uh, the bagpipes, right? And he does it on a lot of the albums. He had a great opportunity to, to break like those bad boys out to incorporate these bagpipes into. Whew, you just this is one of those songs that if you're going to do it, you have to really just just make it something else. Or you have to do it perfectly, exactly, and Jonathan Davis's voice does not lend itself to to singing Pink Floyd. It just doesn't. Uh, it, it, no. You should have left it alone. Honestly, you should have just left it alone. Uh, I mean, the the whole thing is like 
very, very much a British person who went to elementary school in the 40s or 50s take on life, not whatever the fuck Jonathan Davis did in Bakersfield. Yeah, 100%. Uh, it's also on Greatest Hits Volume 1. Uh, that's It's it's track number two. Track number one is Word Up, in case you were wondering. So, oh God. <laughs> so uh, on his side, like I saw this core, and I'm like, was this not in the faculty soundtrack? So I looked it up, because I know in like my fucking Steel Trap memory, I'm like, someone covered this song is besides Corn. Who's, who's covering it on faculty? Uh, I, this is the only reason why this aside is worth our time. So, on the soundtrack for The Faculty, which I think you're aware of this movie, correct? Yeah, yeah. No, it's a great one. Josh Hartnett? Josh yeah. Hartnett's just Josh a fucking Hartnett. man. It's a good movie. It's pretty good. And, uh, here is so it's covered by a a group called a super group. There's some great called the class of '99. Yeah, there's some great boobs in that movie, by the way. Like just there from is, the actresses. There is good boobs. Yes, that's true. So the class of '99 is this might be a, among the best super groups ever assembled. So now I need to listen to this song, but it's Lane Staley on. Oh, vocals. that's that. So Lane Staley's lead singer of Alice in Chains. I know that one, but. Yep. Like you can't. Tom Morello, lead guitarist. Tom Morello from Rage Against the Machine. Uh, Stephen Perkins, who it's Jane's Addiction. Yes. Okay. Yeah. You know, bassist, that's good. From, bassist from Jane's Addiction. No, guitarist from drummer. Jane's, drummer from Jane's drummer Addiction. from Jane's Addiction. Martin Lenoble. Porno uh, for Pyros. Like, I know that one. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the last one's a curveball. <laughs> Matt Serletic, the producer of Matchbox Twenty. As keyboardist, yeah, never. So they got the producer of Matchbox Twenty to be the keyboard guy. Okay, I have no idea where the hell that guy came from, but everyone else, you're like, okay, 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 they're cooking, they're cooking here. So now I'm like, fuck, I gotta listen to this song again. I don't know, like, is it good? Is it bad? I mean, fucking Lane Staley. Yeah, Lane Staley, Tom Tom Morello, Tom Morello, and and. And James Addiction's drummer and fucking Porno Pyro's bass. I don't know why. That's all I, solid. He, the only reason I knew Martin Lenoble from Porno Pyro's is because I you really s- pour that out. No, I, like, I. It was like a Reddit rabbit hole I'd gone down less than forty eight hours ago that mentioned them, um, and I remember. Oh, okay, yeah. that's interesting. Porno for yeah, Pyro's. So Stephen Perkins. Also Stephen Perkins name. is also a drummer for that band because it's like a weird offshoot of Jane's Addiction. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that all makes sense. So, like, you have this super group of Jane's Addiction, the guitars from from Rage Against the Machine, and the vocalist from Alice in Chains, plus some guy from Matchbox Twenty. <laughs> that one, that the keyboards is such a curveball. Anyhow, yeah, um, yeah no, homework. Good, good callback. I'll, I'll pull that. Homework one to follow. Homework after this is to listen to that song right. and just find out what the fuck that was. We're bringing it home. Um, this was tough. These like, are bad. Now, when these I, are bad. Now, when when I was arranging this, it was a toss up. It was honestly Had you a toss-up, heard, which is which is really. So let's just set the stage because we have a shitty country cover of a rock song, and then we have a shitty rock cover of a country <laughs> song. Um. And it was like, honestly, I had never heard your version of this. Um, and it was such a toss up, but I just had to say that with the reason I put them this way, I think, I think I put them correctly. Um, you did. I think you I did. absolutely put them correctly. 
the only I almost alibied the Gord's cover of Gin and Juice, but Gin then I realized Juice. that song was like almost better than the original um, <laughs> because of just the energy behind it. It's kind of too absurd, you know? Yeah. Okay. So, like I said, so we're going to go in this order. Uh, song number 20 and song or song number 21 and song number 22. So song number 21 is a country cover of a rock song. And then song number 22 is a rock cover of a country song. And they're equally as shitty. Maybe 22 is shittier than 21. Cody, take <laughs> Buy it away. Buy a fucking hair. So... <laughs> I found, in my opinion, the worst song I'd ever heard until I heard James' song. <laughs> this is You Shook Me All Night Long by Big and Rich. Yeah. That would be Save the Horse, Ride a Cowboy, Big and Rich. Yeah. They took it upon themselves to do a cover of ACDC's You Shook Me All Night Long. Which, among white, among white men over the age of fifty, is like the sexiest song ever. I mean, I'm only speaking for my dad, who thinks like, "Oh yeah." So you remember? If, you remember when if, I said, "If I, my dad hears, if my dad thinks of strippers, this song is playing in his head in his weird fantasy." So you remember it after is, the first song yeah. where I said, "Like, dad has already texted me halfway through this song," if he hasn't. If he hasn't disowned me by the time we got to this one, uh, because ACDC, he maintains, is like one of the greatest rock bands of all times. I'm with him. Yeah. Yeah, at least we but, are. At least we're giving him some redemption in this. Be like, hey, we're backing up one of your bands. But I also feel like your dad is probably going to stand for anything John Rich does. No, 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 no. I think if he heard this, he would he would be like, nope, nope, don't care okay. what your politics are. I, I, I want to kill you. Okay, <laughs> no, Marty, my you. apologies. I mean that wholeheartedly. Yeah, I think Dad's going to put politics aside on this one and say, <laughs> on this one, <laughs> be like, nope. He's, he's like, nope. Let me, he's, he's like, let me stop you right there. There's <laughs> no defending this. There's no defending this. So it's like the it's the hee haw version of you shook me all night long. Yes, like, yes, that's such a good way to put it. Anything remotely, anything remotely rhythmy or sexy about this song, which I like this song by ACDC just fine, but uh, they'd strip anything good about it away. It's shitty singing. It's adding in fiddles. A fiddle does not belong in this song. If you're going to play in Texas, you got to have a fiddle in the band, brother. Well, hopefully they don't play in Texas. I don't know. It's just such a fucking abysmal trash song. No, it's terrible. It's terrible. This song meets meets the definition of should never exist, should have never done it. This This song is the exception to shouldn't even be done live. No, do not do it. Do not do it. Like, and I've heard country bands do this song live, and they don't countryfy it. Like, no, I they went. They went Ke- out of their way. That's why I said the Gord's cover of Gin and Juice because they I went think out I've of heard their Reckless way. Reckless Kelly do this song, and it was fine. Like, yeah. I'm not saying it blew my b- mind away, but 
it was fine. Yeah. This is bad. No, you, they went out of their way. The only difference between the Gourds doing Gin and Juice and Big and Rich doing uh, You Shook Me All Night Long is at least... I think the Gourds were shiny in cheek about it. At least Shiny Ribs, the lead singer of this, was like... Yeah, they're tongue-in-cheek about it. They're like, we are going to put as much... Because uh, Shiny Ribs does not... Who's the lead singer of the Gourds? Does not have that much accent. And then when you listen to the Gourds no. cover of Gin and Juice, like he plays the accent up. He does the whole hick in a fucking trailer park version of it. Uh, Big and Rich took themselves seriously when they did this song and put it on an album. Yeah, they went completely earnest and did not none of it paid off like do, do you know why i know they took it serious because they put it on an album titled between raising hell and amazing grace yeah and i'm looking at the <laughs> other songs in this somehow in this album they have songs of wycliffe john and john legend yes yeah, and the big song off this was they have one song which was a radio hit, which is "Lost in the Moment," which has, I remember that song. Yeah, which has yeah. 19 million uh, listens, and then like yeah, I think if you, I'm just looking at this and doing quick math, and every other song averaged out has about 300,000. Yeah, I, I don't know any of these other songs, but at least this, you have so a bar. Base, at least you have a bar in Nashville, you douchehat. And this is essentially their follow-up to whatever yes. Save a Horse, Ride a Cowboy was on. 100%. Which is still... Coming to, I, your, coming to your city. Which, I this song came out my... That album came out my senior year of high school. And my stepdad, who I love very much, he has a history of liking Save, save a Horse, terrible Ride a albums. Save he a Horse, Ride really, a Cowboy came out two albums before that in 2004. Coming to Your City was 2005. Really? Yeah, no. This there's wow. been two albums. They like that's how you know they're in a bad horse way. of a different color. You're yeah, no. He really enjoyed that 2004 album. God, that I remember one's like, like 195 or 195 million plays on that. He he would blast that entire thing like end to end. Like I know too many of these songs because he loved that's that. Probably why album. you know a lot of Rascal Flat songs because it was all in the same time. He loved Rascal Flats. Yeah. Loved them. Like, I remember <laughs> when me and my gang came out, he's like, oh, you got to hear the song. It's about him and his gang. It's kind of like us. I'm like, oh. it is nothing like us. What, it is nothing like Mark, us. Mark? Yes. Yeah. No, it's that like, makes this, sense. This is, this is nothing like sense. us, I still, need, I still need to text your mom and give her shit about uh, depressing Alanis Morissette Christmas. <laughs> I don't even I don't even know if she remembers as much as I do. That's yeah. the sad part. Well, it's because it's seared into our brains. Yes. Tra 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 traumatic memories. Okay. All right. Are we Take ready us for home. this? Are we ready for this? I, I think we should just say nothing about it and just Take the hickey of playing the song and walking off. I don't have to. I don't have to take the hickey because I can just like I can. Who's gonna sue us? No, 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 no. Because I publish this on Anchor. As long as people are listening on Spotify, I can just insert the track on Anchor um, and walk away because Anchor belongs to Spotify. So as long as I have a Spotify Premium, which I do, oh, I'm, nice. al I'm allowed to just insert shit in there because I'm already paying for the rights to do it. Oh, cool. But I'm, there, that's it then. No, I can't do that. I can't. I, can't. Okay. I mean, I want to because there's... In, oh. So this song, JM, go on. It's a double whammy. So one, I don't have anything to compare it to. Um, 
The only Garth Brooks album on Spotify is the Live in Germany 1995 album. That is the only <laughs> Garth Brooks album on Spotify. Had this album not been on Spotify, I wouldn't be able to do the worst cover song you've ever heard of, which is All That Remains, a metal band, a metal band covering the Thunder Rolls. This defies my number one rule, which is it's enough of a genre jump. You're allowed to do it. Until you listen to him sing the song. Because I have a lot of All That Remains on my metal playlist. And let me tell you, I love the dude's voice. And I love the breakdowns. And I just, like, man... Mm, they get after it. And then I heard this. And. And. I just. This. Don't understand why they did it. This. I don't know how to compare. I don't even have like a quippy one liner for this. This is the saddest. This. You know what? I take it back. I do have. <laughs> this sounds like. Oh. This sounds like the lead singer went into the studio. Somebody stuck a gun to his head and said, sing this song or I will kill your family. And And every puppy you've ever met. (laughs) And as he did, as the band behind him did their best like not even trying metal version of this song because it's so just quiet. Like the band is so quiet in this. Um, the lead singer, the poor guy, there was Phil Labonte is, is just in crying. Garth Brooks version. Yeah, he is just crying, trying to sing this song. Um, the problem is. <laughs> The problem is, is this song has 39 million listens. <laughs> what? That's probably more listens than most Turnpike songs. So before I turned, uh, before I got rid of um, listening to Octane, which was the hard rock station on Sirius X, and before I just switched over to Liquid Metal because Octane became bullshit, this song was like number one on the fucking top ten for weeks for weeks, people thought this was a good song. So this is music for like 45-year-old divorcees, divorced dads and divorcees. When people weren't listening to Five Finger Death Punch's Blue on Black, they were listening to this song. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is music for a 45-year-old divorced uh, hairstylist who worked at Supercuts. This song is an abomination to all things music. This song is for people whose fancy meal of the year is Golden Corral. This is like truly, truly the like version of covers that should never have existed. And you you nailed it. Like, thank you for setting the bar so high for you can't fuck up a song any more than this. All that Date remains. night is wearing a Magellan fishing shirt. 
Yeah, uh, I did have some. I did have some alibis that never made it on there because I was like. Eh. No, so about this song though, real quick is, it gets worse as it goes. Oh, on. Oh no, it's it's terrible. It's terrible. The storm keep, goes on you out keep, of control. You keep waiting for it to just do something other than just talk over music or just be an well, overproduced I, piece of shit. I just felt bad for like the woman who comes in to sing. It's like you actually made it worse. Like not like she has a bad voice oh, yeah, no, necessarily. No, no, no. Yeah, no, this it is just it just ma- it, it got like it's like this is worse. Yeah. Yeah, she's not even credited. Like, it doesn't say featuring. She's not even credited in it. So that, Is she in the band? No, no, no. God, no. No. <laughs> what the fuck? She wanted nothing to do with this cover. Yeah, no, and uh, yeah, no, it's terrible. Uh, Th- this, this woman who comes in, like, halfway through the song to play backup, because I'm assuming the producer's like, uh... We need something. I mean, they were tour- uh, at the time. This woman at the time they're touring with Alter Bridge, so that kind of like says what it needs to say, um, because Alter Bridge hadn't done shit in like years. It's that so point. bad. I implore anyone listening to listen to this song and m- try to change their minds because I don't think you can. You won't. It's not good. Like you absolutely won't. Hundred percent. I had some honorable when, when you, Garth Brooks band is more rock and roll playing this song than an actual an actual metal, metal band. like an actual metal an actual core band. metal band an actual metal core band you because I was wait because you know with with Garth Brooks's version like it's it you know he even has the storm sound effects right in the like, song, and, which, and and so you know when I put something and it, up it's there it's soft and then. You know, at the very end of it is like dun dun dun. Like it comes, it's it comes out of nowhere. It's like, oh yeah, his goose is cooked. Yeah, and he's so, fucked. She knows. You know, this song like, has no emotional turn to it. Like so the Garth any, Brooks version. All the songs I put up there, and I don't like Garth Brooks. So out of all the songs we put up there, I would hazard a guess that when you saw this name, you're like, I don't know who all that remains is. Every other person not. up there, no. you went. I know exactly who that is. Yes, uh, that this song, this band was the only mystery to me. Everyone like, else, I like. You're like had a baseline familiarity. You were like, what is this? And I will tell you that I didn't go. I mean, there's lots of just terrible, terrible, terrible like metal covers. But you know, there's I a let, lot of bad covers, but of a lot like, of things. Yes. I let them exist because they're off in the ether. This song was on national radio for a very long time and got a lot of support from the same people who think Evanescence is still a viable band. Evanescence. Um, (laughs) And because of that, (laughs) I went, you know what? I think this counts. Um, And then I looked at the I looked at the play counter on Spotify and I went, yep, you got 39 million plays. This is a viable song for the shittiest cover that should have never existed. Yeah, some of those corn covers are bad, but this is legitimately worse than anything corn could ever assemble. Yes, 100% yes. Uh, I did have an corn on word up. I honestly believe Jonathan Davis wanted to do a good job. No, I, I, I agree. I, I honestly agree. like. It sucks that it's bad, 
but I do believe I'm telling you they missed they in, missed an opportunity there because something they, something didn't click. Someone was on drugs. Who they knows? have the band sound for it. They really do but, have like the band sound to do this cool like funky new metal dude, thing. Let let corn do thunder rolls. I bet it's much dude, better. That'd be, that'd be fucking dope. <laughs> let corn do thunder rolls. Jonathan Davis, as one of our longtime listeners, as I know you are, please. Cover thunder rolls. That'd be fucking sick. Um, I did oh have God. yeah my honorable mention. I don't know if you got to listen to it, uh, but Godsmack covered the Beatles. Um, <laughs> they covered the Beatles. Uh, come together, and this was like a double shot of pain because I hate the Beatles and I hate Godsmack. So <laughs> I was like, who did a shittier version of this? And it's I mean, a hundred percent it's Godsmack. Um, why would they bother? Aerosmith already has the definitive cover of that song. Yeah, I don't know. It's the same reason that a perfect circle did imagine. Um, perfect circle did imagine. Yeah, and it's actually it. It's not terrible. It's not the worst version of Imagine out there. The one with Gail, uh, Gal Gadot or Gal Gadot and all her <laughs> friends. That is definitely the worst version of Imagine out there. Some uh, people feel that the worst version of Imagine is uh, John Lennon's version. So. <laughs> Uh, do do what was the other one? A uh, hailstorm has a whole album, um, of covers that is just atrocious. And coming from somebody who like, yeah, I'm like, oh yeah, I used to like hailstorm a lot. They have a whole album of covers that is just atrocious. And Cody, I'm gonna read these covers off to you. Uh, but the first one that like really hits is Bad Romance. Um, and they Wait, don't yep, and they don't do a good job of it and then the second one is a song that should never ever 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 be covered again because they did it so well which was Temple of the Dog's Hunger Strike um, and oh, then yeah yeah and then they covered it and she did a very I'm bad going hungry. Yeah, and she did a very bad job of it very, but very, no very one bad. else can even sound like those guys. You had fucking that was Eddie Vedder, Soundgarden, Cor- and Eddie Vedder, and Chris Cornell, <laughs> right? Like yeah. you just can't touch that. Uh, and then you and I, you and I agreed that one song should be on both lists. We did. I stand by that. I agree too. And we're going to surprise you next time we do it because there's one song that should be on both lists, and I specifically did not add it to this. If it's it on both, surprise. if it's on both lists, does that also wouldn't that like default make it the greatest cover? It should, right? Because it's a song that it's a song that man, the cover like, was so good and so bad at the same time. Yeah, like this cover, like they offended, just went off, offended the wall. people to the core, but they also just did their own thing. Well, we got to save this. Yeah, no, 100%. 100%. They just like yeah, no, they just went off the wall. They made it their own. 100%. This band made this song their own. And because they made it their own and it was so far off. This is like that genre jump where it it shouldn't be like this and they did. And and it just was atrocious and amazing at the same time. That's the best way of putting it. Yeah. So just nailed it. Everybody just kind of mold over what you think that could possibly be. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, let's get into some socials. This actually wasn't as long as I thought it was going to be. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's long. It was long. Yeah, no, it's definitely long, but it's worth it. It's worth it, right? I'm flo- I'm floating. I'm a I'm a man full of pee. Yeah, I am too. Uh, Where's lo- my piss jug? Yeah, you- I made that joke about piss jugs in the chat, and I didn't bring my <laughs> piss jug. Uh, for uh, for everybody who's not from Texas, Cody's talking about that thing you take on road trips so you don't have to stop all the time, which is a pecan. Uh, the rest of them, we call it a pecan. Um, but yeah, for uh, hit us up at uh, prettylittleloggers at gmail.com for the old school listeners, for the new school listeners, drunkweekendreview at gmail.com. We are on Instagram at drunkweekendreview, Facebook.com slash drunkweekendreview. We are on threads at drunkweekendreview. I refuse to call it X, so we're on fucking Twitter, and I refuse to call it X because it's still twitter.com in the fucking URL. So I'm not calling it X until you change your goddamn URL. Um, <laughs> Right? It just doesn't make sense. Like, why the fuck would I call Commit. it? Commit. Yeah, it's it's Twitter. Uh, uh, do, 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 what do I have to look for? We're on the 19th, so uh, September 26th, Alabama. Alabama, if you're in Alabama House of Representatives District 55 or 16, you have a special election on September 26th. Uh, if you don't vote, you can't bitch. Uh, that's my rule. So get out and vote. Don't care who you vote for. Just get out and vote. Do something. Uh, do, 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 closing thoughts, anything? Yeah. Uh, just, you know, be better. Yeah. Uh, find this playlist on Spotify. We'll publish it to our stuff. If you really want and you have, uh, you hit us up on, hit us up in the DMs or if you have a phone numbers, text us and we'll share the Spotify playlist with you. The Spotify playlist is titled, uh, covers that shouldn't exist in parentheses and the originals. Um, we'll send it to you. It's in order that we talked about tonight. Just make sure that you're viewing it in custom order. It'll be in order that we talked about it tonight. And I feel sorry for you having to listen to the covers. Yeah. Yeah. Some are bad. Yeah, they're real bad. Cody, take us home. Good night. We love you. Good night.